A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello there. Welcome to episode number 571 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and my guest today is Kathy Yardley. Kathy is going to talk about her new book, Role Playing, which is a Gen X romance featuring, quote, an unapologetically grumpy 48-year-old hermit who joins a gaming guild under the name Bog Witch and meets a healer named Otter who thinks that she's 80 while she thinks he's a teenager. I'm sure many people have just hit pause to go find this book. Welcome back. We are going to talk about writing romance for 20 years and counting. And Kathy also has some video game recs and book recs too. Hello and thank you to the Patreon community. You keep me going. You make sure that every episode has a transcript, which is hand compiled by Garlic Knitter. Hey, Garlic Knitter. And I have a compliment this week to Jay. A map has been made of every footprint you have left on the earth. And it is some of the most inspiring artwork that underground mole scientists have ever seen. So keep going. If you would like a compliment or you would like to support this here show, your support would mean everything. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Patron supporters get bonus episodes and a absolutely lovely, lovely discord. And you get to tell me jokes, which I might use on the show because we all love the bad jokes so much. Thank you so much to the Patreon community. Your support means the world to me. This episode is brought to you in part by Ritual, my favorite nerdy vitamin. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? Right? Women belong in scientific research. They're essential. And Ritual knows they conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy. The Essential for Women is also one of the few women's multis that is USP verified, meaning what's on the label is what's in the formula. It's soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. 
As I've said, I am very much a set it and forget it person. I like solutions that are easy, that I trust, that I don't have to think about. And I like Ritual because I never have to remember to order more. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping always. And I can start, snooze, or cancel my subscription anytime. And I know what each ingredient is and where it came from and why it's there inside the Essential for Women 18 Plus because of that traceable supply chain. With nine key nutrients in two capsules every day, their unique beadlet and oil capsule technology is even patented. I like my nerdy vitamin. Ritual is all about hot data and stone cold facts. Get to know your nutrients on a deeper level with 20% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash Sarah to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. All right. Are you ready to talk about Gen X romance and writing romance with Kathy Yardley? Let's do this. On with the podcast. I am Kathy Yardley. I have been writing contemporary romance and rom-coms for, oh God, over 20 years now. <laughs> so wait, so you've been writing rom-coms since before all the books started being called rom-coms? Yes. Wow. Like, okay. So definitely imagine you, you putting on hipster glasses and being like, before it was current. Before yeah. it was cool. Yeah. You and me and a bunch of other people, we have little rocking chairs on the front porch of the romance old folks home. We're just going to sit there and be like, I remember rom-coms. <laughs> I published with Harlequin Duets. That was my first book. No. Yes. That that imprint died like 10 years ago, more? Well, it was I signed the contract for that in 99 and got published in 2000. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> That's funny. And Neither did I. <laughs> it was just like a sure and this is where, you know, we rock it to the end now. <laughs> wow. Harlequin Duet. Man, there are so many Harlequin imprints that I miss. I miss Harlequin Bombshell. Do you remember the Bombshell books? Oh my God, yes. They were so good. And you know, you look now, it's like they were ahead of a trend because if you look now, there's all of these female forward adventure stories, I think is what they're technically yeah. called in the industry. You've got Darby Kane, you got Deanna Rayburn, you got all of these people in different parts of romance writing, you know, women doing cool stuff. That was Bombshell. <laughs> I know, I know. They had like weird glints of brilliance here and there, where it was like a, where you could see the potential Um, and then things just jumped the rails Yep, (laughs) and then they disappeared. Yep. Amazing ideas, never enough support. Welcome to the story of publishing. Yes. In all aspects. (laughs) You have been writing for 20 years. Yes. Okay. So your latest book is role-playing. Just yes. tell me all the things about this book. All the things. It's coming out from Montlake Romance. It is a Gen X romance. Oh, I'm listening. Uh, Hi, yes. <laughs> uh, it is about a 48-year-old uh, feral hermit woman whose son has recently gone to college. Um, and she's having some transitional issues. <laughs> Uh, she's mostly worried that he's not going to be social. They're both kind of uh, introverted. She has not been a great role model for this. So they make a deal where she will try to be more social if he does. I feel so Uh, naked right now. This is like literally my story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting that a lot, strangely, because she sort of, she joins this online gaming guild as a, as a kind of sop toward that. And she meets Otter, uh, the healer. Uh, and the leader of this guild. The thing is, this 
Guild is from a community college. She assumes that he's 20. He got her contact information from his mother. He assumes that she's 80. So you have... <laughs> For the record, listeners, I almost just spit water all over my desk. <laughs> At one point in the story, her friend jokes, it's like, it's like you've got mail meets Harold and Moss. <laughs> Everyone listening who's now like, I'm sorry, what was that book? That book is Role Playing by Kathy Yardley. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you. <laughs> no, actually, I know that what my listeners do is pause and then add things to their wish list or add things to their cart and then come on back, which I appreciate y'all very much. <laughs> so please go on. So needless to say, meeting in real life, hijinks are going to ensue and things like that. Um, This is totally, and this is also kind of an old school term, but this is a book of my heart. When I turned it in, I was just like, they are going to be like, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) The heroine is Vietnamese, white, biracial, which Mm -hmm. is my lived experience. Um, You have older protagonists. You have a little bit of a spoil, but it, it applies. There's LGBTQA representation. Awesome. Um, which I feel strongly about. It's set in a small town, but it's not a small town. <laughs> so like I said, I really did think they were just going to be like, okay, you must have been high and let's start over. But they were so like, we love it. <laughs> so then we just sort of ran with this. That's fabulous. And they've done such a nice cover for it. It's very cozy. It's, it, it is very familiar. All of the things, especially, for example, the heroine is wearing really slouchy socks. I are, I was like, <laughs> I, I have those socks. I got like five pair. <laughs> when we first got the cover, and I love Lenny Kaufman's work. Oh, um, Lenny Kaufman is the best. Ridiculous. Like Re- Lenny Kaufman is going to be like our, our, our Pino, like of this generation of romance readers. Lenny will be our Pino. When I first got the sketch, mm-hmm. uh, the the female main character was barefoot. And I was like, no, no, no. She has to be wearing the chunky socks. It's got to be the thick socks. And a lot of the feedback I've been getting from the book um, so far, because right now it's available in first reads, which has been great. Um, even though it launches officially in July. Right. But the people who are reading it are like, it's so cozy. It is so ridiculously cozy. This is the cover. It says what the book, it's like, right. What it says on the tin. This book is like, cozy core. It's ridiculously cozy. It sounds like this was really fun to write. It was. It's uh, a love letter to a lot of different things that I appreciate. Gaming culture and um, the fact that she is basically like a honey badger. (laughs) (laughs) And he is like the cinnamoniest cinnamon roll to ever walk to the face of the earth. So they just work. And it's it's interesting because you're hitting on a particular period for a lot of people where there are these very vividly publicly defined roles where you are a parent of a young person, you are a parent of a high schooler, that child leaves the house. Well, now you just disappear. There's very, very few. Your job is done. Your job is done. You are of no further use. Please report to your elastic waist pants and adopt some cats. Like, uh, first of all, I'm all in favor of both of those things. I do not wear hard pants if I can avoid it. But 
Like there's very little in the way of, and here are possible narratives for what your life might look like now that you are done with this incredibly time intensive, emotionally intensive role of raising a person in your household, which is not to say that everyone like graduates college and leaves and that's it and you're done. Like obviously you're a parent forever, but this is a, this is a, a place where I think there's a lot to explore. And it's, it's kind of weird that there hasn't been more until now, although I'm very excited about this and the slouchy socks. It hadn't occurred to me to write. That you, and granted, I was trained in the trenches of Harlequin. So I remember, you know, like, okay, your heroine, if it's like 30 is later in life, which is like, what? I didn't know anything <laughs> at 30. I knew Jack. That was exactly. when I had my older child. I really didn't know anything. So um, it didn't occur to me to be like, you know, I can write, uh, you know, 40s, 50s protagonists. Mm-hmm. This, at, the, at present, this is my lived experience. Um, and just having the different kind of issues that you do face. And it, 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 the funny, funny, the funny thing is it is still a rom-com, mostly in banter. And there are just some weird and funny sort of situations, but it does touch on emptiness. It does touch on caring for elderly parents because that's what, uh, Aiden, the the mailman character is going through Mm -hmm. where he trying his best to deal with a family that doesn't quite get him, Mm -hmm. but he's trying to take care of them as best he can. And that's, I mean, I think that you never quite finish, or at least I'm hoping you never quite finish learning about yourself. That's not a thing that's just in your twenties or just in your thirties. No, And it's not like a midlife, I'm going to buy a red car, figure yourself out. It's a a slow build. You figure it out. Oh yeah. And The idea that you should have all the answers at 30 is quite damaging to all of the people who are turning 30 and thinking, I don't know anything. I mean, I had, I had a baby at 30. I was deeply unqualified for that new job. And I, and I constantly tell my kids, actually, listen, I have never been the parent of two people who are the ages that you are right now until right now. So, uh, I might screw this up a couple of times, but just say nice things about me in your autobiographies. That's what I need Uh you to do. But it sounds like for you, this was this book was writing this book was about also recognizing yourself in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, although if I'm honest, all of them are. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of the process, right? Yeah. Well, I always like go in with a theme and then come out with something else completely that I <laughs> my subconscious was screaming at me to know. Yeah. Like I wrote like four books on workaholism before I like finally went, oh. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. The call is coming from inside the house. So you've been writing and publishing romance for a really long time, as we have discussed. And I'm really curious. I love talking to people who've been in romance for a long time. For me, the site is 17 years old. So I've been writing about romance for 17 years. It has changed a wee bit in that time. (laughs) And I'm curious, what are some of the biggest changes that you've noticed that you're really happy about? And what do you wish would hurry up and improve already? Um, I love seeing the diversity um oh gosh yes when i started i again i'm half i'm vietnamese white biracial um and i pretty much knew initially um not to write asian characters um because they weren't going to sell yeah or at least that was my thought um there's a lot of subtle messages that underscore that 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 idea I probably shouldn't tell this story a whole lot. <laughs> um, the first RWA convention I went to. Oh, God. Yeah, and it was like 
I'm an introvert, so I blew out my fuses like <laughs> the day. But I went to the Harlequin party, and I don't know if you've ever. I have. So, it is. It is the prom, and it's big and it's huge. It's overwhelming. There was just like, and I I had signed a contract, but my book hadn't come out. I didn't know it anybody. Right. So this woman comes up to me, and she's like, Kathy Yardley. I'm like, why, yes. <laughs> and she's like, I'm a publicist with, with Harlequin. It's great to see you. I was like, well, thank you. How do you know it's me? And she's like, we're the only Asians here. Woo! Yeah. So that was jarring, to say the least. Um, but when I came up, Chicklet was coming up. Um, so a lot of the, the setup for Chicklet was three basically three primary characters. You would have one that was the book description, but then you had three that just three storylines. Yeah. Um, I was able to make sure I had uh, at least one Asian in the three storylines. And I was like, I thought I was, you know, the freaking underground resistance (laughs) up in here, which is ridiculous. But I was like, Hey, Asian characters. Um, Snuck them in. No one noticed. I know. (laughs) But uh, and it, it, there have been, you know, there's been some progress. Has it been slow? I've been here for 20 years. It, it's been kind of slow, but I, I love seeing more of it now. And honestly, I do feel that having indies come up is what pushes traditional to change yeah. where it's like, see, this can succeed. Yep. We, we can try different things. Um, and they're being much more open. They're actively looking and love that. Love all everything about that. Um, so what do I wish would kind of hurry up? Um, there are some weird things about traditional publishing as far as, uh, honestly, this is marketing and taking cues from in- indies as far as like, and this is wonky, but live links, would it kill them? to have live links to like a newsletter or back matter or something like that. It's like, well, how do you mean, do you mean the dynamic links that update on your yeah. end? So explain what a live link is and explain why it's missing. Cause I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm sure someone listening is going to be like, what's like what, what they don't, they don't code the link. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, they don't even have links in some cases okay. uh, by links um, in traditional books. And if you get an indie, I mean, a lot of times they have it locked down where it's like you, by the time you finish that story, they have, they've got a bonus scene. So you can sign up for their newsletter. They have buy links that are live for any other book that they've got. Um, and they can track them. <laughs> so these are all in my mind, good things because it's never about the sale. It's about the sell through. But I think traditional publishing weirdly is still so married to the print model that they don't either, they don't understand it or they don't want to. Or there are people who understand it and they haven't been able to convince the people above them that this is important. And and then they burn out and go work for a tech company or something. Exactly. (laughs) It just baffles me. My brother's an MBA and I talked to him and he's just like, how does this work? Why would anyone in the world business doesn't run this way. And I'm like, welcome to publishing. (laughs) And there's so many ways in which indie authors have pushed traditional publishing forward by, you know, getting redistribution deals, by getting a print deal for a a digital series that's done really well. And you see like these new ideas and it's like, wow, this is so 
clever. And romance, especially romance authors in the indie space are so creative technologically and in terms of marketing, it's astonishing. Well, I I hear, God, I feel like I should be on my front porch with like a mason jar of like lemonade or something. But back in my day, back in the day, (laughs) once upon a time, rock, 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 (laughs) young whippersnappers. I'll hear people, I'm a said kids. Oh my God. I hear people being like, you know, publishing doesn't, you know, uh, they're not going to give any kind of marketing support. You have to do it all yourself. And I'm like, they didn't really back in the day either. Yes, they are really encouraging or, you know, kind of. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Dropping the ball in your court as far as like, okay, you know, you do your marketing. But what marketing they were doing wasn't like, I don't know what people are thinking was happening. (laughs) I'm just like, it's, you're fine. This is not the, this is not the thing to rail against. Honestly, in some ways you're better off doing your own marketing because no one's going to know your book like you. Mm -hmm. And again, with indies, you can learn a lot and do all these things. That said, even after all this time and this kind of like, I do have hope. I genuinely do. Um, Because I do think that honestly, the readers are, especially in romance. I mean, like it's like the Avengers. Yep. (laughs) In the good way, where it's like you just release them and they're sort of like, you know, if you can point out a bad actor or if you're like, you know, this is a great book. I think this should be. I mean, obviously, we all are like, my book is great. Hello. Yes. But when something strikes a nerve, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the most generous and the most like, all right, let's get the word out. Activate the phone tree. And this and this relates to something that you've been writing about for several years, which is that the readers who are coming into romance and are there now are used to functioning as a fandom and they know what a fandom can do. And so they function in the same way that geekery fandoms and nerdy fandoms and video game and and cosplay fandoms have been operating for a lot longer. That energy has been brought into romance and fandom is a wonderfully powerful thing. I absolutely agree. And I have noticed that over the... the it was different before social media. Yes, extremely didn't have the same ways to connect. Yeah, I was now, social media back in the day. I was a blog. Yep. I'm a blog yep. with social media. So now you do have I what I've noticed with especially popular authors. I mean like merch was not a thing. Oh my gosh, I know. And I remember yeah. back 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 LA Banks who, oh. who died a number of years ago. She was one of the first people I'd ever seen talking openly about her street team. 
Mm-hmm. I have a street team. And that came out of hip hop. Like she told me the whole genesis of that community of people who supported her books and showed up to her signings and would get people to come. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. How do you do that? Now that's a standard expectation. But back then it was really wild. People had not been encountering organized fandoms around an author in romance before. And that was urban fantasy. So it was like romance's very close cousin. Yes, yes. I, re- I remember that kind of overlap a lot. Yeah. I absolutely love that story because you hear street team like you hear, you know. Facebook uh, group. Newsletter. Oh, yeah. yeah it's Facebook just, group. it's like a, it's a standard. It's always been here. Yeah. I'm like, no, this was a new thing and it was really cool. Yep. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you are obsessed with gaming and I wanted to ask you for the listeners for some recommendations for video games that a romance reader might like? What are some of your favorites? I thought that having some gaming options to discuss, especially because, you know, the weather can be very variable. We might want to be inside in the air conditioning playing video games. Please give me your recs because I know this is an area in which you have a great deal of expertise. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Relatively. Um, just, and it's funny because I, my son is like very, very, very hardcore gamer. Um, so he'd be like, no, you're not mom. <laughs> as only a teenager can. Mm-hmm. But um, I grew up with games. Um, uh, relatively recently, I've played things like uh, Skyrim or Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I loved Zelda Breath of the Wild. I have not played Tears of the Kingdom yet, um, mostly because I'm a little intimidated by some of the mechanic parts of it. Uh, but that said, I don't play the game the way a lot of people do as far oh, as me neither. I'm, I'm not a main quest battle person. I will actually go explore the countryside for hours and hours and hours. It's like when I played breath of the wild, it was like, I I'm going to do all this, the shrine quest, the side quest so I can get the fancy outfit. And I'm yeah. going to look for all these little cute seed things. Cause there's a little broccoli guy that dances. And my son went nuts. He's like, why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing the main quest? I have been playing Witcher 3 for years. I am still not through the game because I love to walk through the environment. I love to walk through the world, pick flowers, wander around, see what it looks like because it's beautiful. And I've got got music. If I'm on a boat, I'm just sailing. And sometimes I encounter bandits and sometimes I have to kill them, which is like, all right, fine, I'll kill you. But I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm really powered up because I've been picking all these flowers. My favorite thing (laughs) is that there'll be a bandit, right? And he'll have a helmet and a sword and he'll be wearing like medieval tidy whities and shoes and that's it. And I kill him and it's like loot. I'm like, well, what does this guy have? An entire roast chicken is what I loot off a dead bandit. In his pants? Like, what's he keeping in his trousers? Like, what? I love this so much. I pick flowers. I loot bandits. I get a roast chicken. Sometimes it's a chicken sandwich. It's great. I love wandering around and, I, and I'm like on whatever the easiest mode is. I love just wandering around a world, especially because I know how much work goes into the programming of that like open world environment. I love secondary quests. You mean to go do a treasure hunt? Oh, let's go. Let's go. Main quest? I can't wait. Yeah. Then Legend of Zelda. That's your thing. Yes. Um, And any of the Elder Scrolls things, they they are just total open world. You can cook. You can do all kinds of things. Yep. Um, For people who are really more kind of casual. I love Stardew Valley um, because you can get married too. (laughs) 
My husband is Elliot right now, and I'm very happy. The guy writes me poetry and will do chores and take care of the baby. He's got like the long, I hate to say it, but the Fabio hair. He's got Fabio hair and he writes romance novels if you select that option. Oh, yeah. I'm like, love this guy. Um, So that's just fun uh, because you can farm and do stuff like that too. And you can pick the thing that you want to do. Yeah. You you don't have to do anything you don't want to. It's very, very, very open to just you doing what you want to do. Yeah. There is a big YouTube gamer, uh, Markiplier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he has like 30 million subscribers or something nuts. Um, and he's funny and he's respectfully, he's a good looking young man. <laughs> <laughs> it helps, helps on the YouTubes. Uh, actually he was, he was in some ways kind of an inspiration for my first book with Mont Lake. Um, because I got it, it, the the main male character is a uh, a gaming YouTuber. Oh, that's cool. Who's Vietnamese um, American, and um, yeah, it was just it's all about kind of the YouTube world, which I was very fascinated by. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he he did a review of. Um, Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator, and I just lost my mind. I was like, this can't be a real thing, and yet here we are. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I also love reading books about YouTubers because it's another way of exploring fandom. And I think one of the things that romance explores a lot is sort of your inner and your outer personas, your your real self, and then your public self. And a YouTuber has a lot of public, private self conflict. It's almost like a, a new a new variation of celebrity romance, especially if you're talking about that many millions of followers. That's true. Um, in this one, in that, the name of that book was love, comment, subscribe. Um, uh, nice. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. And he is a, obviously the, the gaming YouTuber and the female main character is a beauty influencer. Oh. And they, they knew each other in high school. They're both like total geeky, nerdy people. She was not happy about this. He was, you know, completely happy with this. Uh, but they have this kind of, it's not enemies to lovers to say, it's annoyance to lovers. I, that's a term I'm hearing more and more now. That's a so, good term, annoyance to lovers. Because it's not like you've cool. done heinous things to each other. You just bug each other. Yeah. Yes. And that he he's joked that he's like a golden retriever that would love to just like hang out with her. And she's a cat who would definitely claw him if he came too close. It's like, he's like, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they do wind up collaborating because a lot of the name of the game in YouTubing is collaboration yeah. to try to build your numbers. So she's like, oh, I'm going to have to work with this guy because I think it'll really help. And he's like, she's one of my oldest friends. Of course, I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I've had a little thing for her for 10 years is notwithstanding. Oh, I love harboring a nice pine. Yes. Pine, P- pine trees pine. just keep for so long. <laughs> So I always ask this question, what books are you reading that you want to tell everyone about? Uh, I just finished uh, Tal Bowers' How to Say I Do, um, which uh, it's got that left at the altar groom kind of trope. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he goes on the honeymoon, he meets a guy there uh, and they wind up having a fake relationship because everyone's assuming that, you know, they're the grooms, Uh, even though the guy was going to marry a woman. And of course they fall in love, but 
you know, the groom is from New York City. The fake relationship guy is has a, a vineyard in Texas. And I don't know if you've read Tal Bauer's work. I have not. The angst Ooh. is just chef's kiss. And not in that kind of like manufactured, um, like uh, misunderstanding. None of that. It's just, oh my, and lyrical. The guy writes just beautifully. So I was like, okay, Tal's got a book out. I'm there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I just finished that. And next I want to read um, uh, Jeevani Charika's uh, Playing for Love. Uh, which is like so up my geeky alley. It's she said it's got a quadrangle where uh but it's only got two people <laughs> because it's a woman in love with a guy's online persona, falling in love kind of with his nerdy real self, not realizing they're the same person. Oh, that's very that is one of my favorite conflicts. I love the, like I said, I love the public and private persona and trying to work out where the real person is between those two things. Oh, yes, please. Yep. That's so as so soon good. as I heard about that, I was like, bing, one mm-hmm. click, I'm there. Any other books you want to mention? Um, I don't know if it's still on sale, but I just snapped up uh, This Is How You Lose the Time War. Oh, uh, no one's talking about that book. I know. <laughs> I figure if it's good enough for Bigolus Diggolus, it's good enough for me. There were people <laughs> cosplaying as him holding the book at cons. Like, I, I just, speaking of fandom, like, that is the perfect storm of fandom that you just, like, that's a meaningful experience. Like, I get, a, for example, I get a lot of pitches from publicists and whomever that are like, this book has over 8 million views on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Views of what views of one video views of a hashtag views of a what yeah. views of all of the books all of the videos about what channel what were they like what is th- why is that a meaningful statistic because i don't actually believe that 8.6 separate people all looked at this book like i don't believe that that's possible but with how to lose the time war i absolutely believe that 8.6 million people looked at that book <laughs> i'll be honest a friend of mine mentioned it before this whole bra yeah and i was just like okay, that sounds interesting. Then this kind of hit and I was like, well, okay. You know, it's a bit of a cultural like thing. Yep. Awkward, earnest, squee can do a lot. And I think it's really hard to fake that. Like it's really hard to fake earnest squeeing about a book because you you can sort of tell the disingenuousness. I was actually talking with another author. Um, We both like reaction videos. Yeah. Um, what's not to love? Because you're never going to be able to experience experience something for the first time. I yes, think. That's... but when you watch a reaction video, it is you get that in, like dopamine hit of seeing someone experience something for the first time and having those shocks. And it's like when you make your friend watch something and you're watching yes. them rather than the screen because you want to see that. Yes. Yep. I don't think that writers have that same thing, except for um, live tweeting. Yes, that <laughs> was an old art. I am hooked. I'm just like, a, okay, they're going to get to the good part. <laughs> oh yeah, see how this turns out. I would love to see more of that. I loved live tweeting books before Twitter went to hell in a handbasket. Alas, it is just. I'm like, I just got the hang of this cesspool. Yeah, still kind of casting about for an alternative 
to I that. I haven't found one. I'm so uh, sad. That, yeah, I just don't see the same functionality for, I mean, I like Instagram, but I'm not a photographer or any kind of graphic designer. Um, TikTok, I got nothing. I I eventually, hopefully we'll figure it out. I enjoy watching like the short videos, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> TikTok TikTok is a creativity in a department that I don't have a lot of skill set in and I I am so excited that people know how to think in creating a TikTok. I do not know yes. how to think in creating TikTok. I know this about myself, but it's awesome that it works. It is just it is just not for me. What are so, you working on right now in addition to book launch? Uh I am working on another Gen X uh romance. Hell yeah. It was so fun. Um, but this one is about a widow who, um, she has gone to live in a, in, uh, her, in her aunt's house, I guess, her great aunt's house. I can't remember. <laughs> and she's working on a cookbook because that used to be what she did before her husband died. She has basically been in like a limbo state. Yeah. Grief um, stasis. Grief stasis. And also she was a caregiver for a long time. So that tends to do things to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but next door is a hobby farm with a smoking hot <laughs> handyman guy who wants to own his own restoration business who's used to fixing things. Oh, I just hate when that happens, when there's a hot but, hobby farmer guy next door. But there's like a whole family there where his parents live there, his oldest daughter lives there, his son's probably going to move there. They have goats that are like, he's basically convinced are demonic. <laughs> it's I mean, like fair assumption. Yes. There's a dog that keeps running away. Anyway, the premise is basically, you, my widow is very, um, she's a type of person that does not take help. She oh. does not want to owe favors. She is very, like, very polite, very almost posh, um, but she helps him with his dog. So he helps with something else. And she's like, no, 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 no. Um, and they get into one of those like Midwestern like favor cycles where it's like a no no I can't owe you anything. And they Midwestern just keep, favor cycle. <laughs> yes. So then they just keep helping each other out of almost it's like an escalating like I don't know how to get out of it. They're just trading the same casserole dish back and forth. Yeah, I mean, so, well, and it is the sort of thing where every time they try to help each other, something usually jumps the tracks, and then the other person is still trying to compensate. Where it's like here, you know, I'll. I will fix your garage. Well, now my dog is broken into this. Yeah. Okay. You gave me this. I'll make you this. Oh, it went horribly wrong. Yep. <laughs> I get it. Yep. And that's a and that's an interesting way to build conflict because there's people who are trying to be kind and be nice to each other, but are also like, but if I really, really had my option, I would not leave the house. Yes. Yep. I I do think, and I I'm sure in some ways, not that the pandemic is going to be in the book. But I do think that that has uh, kind of accelerated that whole, like, I don't want to be around people necessarily. Oh, yes. And I do think that as you get older, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have the same, like, friendship making sort of skills <laughs> or, you know, like, and when your spouse has died, you know, that network, any network that you might have had isn't necessarily there dep- if you're not an extrovert. Yeah. And it becomes this like, okay, I guess this is me now. Yeah. And like we were saying earlier, that role becomes everything. And then when you don't have that role, well, what are you? What do you do? What are you doing? And who are you again? 
I have a life that I, I have all this time. Like, what do I do with it? It's a, it's a big transition. And like, like you were saying, it's not really represented a lot, even though it's incredibly common. Where can people find you if you wish to be found on the internet? Ah, well, of course I do. Obviously not TikTok. No, nope, clearly <laughs> but, not. Um, I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter, um, both at, at Kathy Yardley. Um, uh, and I do have a Facebook readers group called Can't Yardley Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I do love puns. So it's... <laughs> It cracks me up. It's it's a small but dedicated group. I mean, mostly just like kind of, you know, kibitz and like share nerdy memes. <laughs> I mean, that's what Facebook is for at this point. It's the only good thing that's, left, groups and memes. Yeah. Right? But, but yeah, that is that is where I hang out. And I do like interacting with people. Otherwise, I can always, I have my website, kathyartha.com, um, where I can, you know, be emailed and things like that. Awesome. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Kathy Yardley for hanging out with me. I will have links to role-playing and all of the other books she mentioned, plus links to everything we talked about, including I found a, a clip of the late L.A. Banks thanking her street team 14 years ago. It's kind of a cool artifact. It is definitely a cool artifact, actually. She was lovely. I will have all of that in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. As always, I end with a terrible joke. This joke comes from Ernie from Sesame Street by way of JF Hobbit in the podcast Discord. Why couldn't the little flower ride a bike? Give up? Why couldn't the little flower ride a bike? It didn't have any pedals. <clears throat> I think I'm going to tell that to the seven-year-olds in my neighborhood and see if they get mad. I bet they'll get mad. Thank you, JF Hobbit. And thank you, Ernie from Sesame Street. <laughs> On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.